The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone and welcome to the start of week 12 edition of the Roto World Football Podcast. Maybe a podcast this week, right? <laughs> For sure. Um, first, we should always start off by saying thank you in a week of being thankful to all of you who subscribe and especially rate and review the podcast it really helps us out and lets us reach uh, a new audience or new listeners. And it's really the best way you can help out the podcast. So take 15, 30 seconds to do it on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever platform you use. And Hey, maybe Evan civil will say something nice about you. Um, that's how I got a compliment from him. Anyways, let's move on to Ray Summerlin, who is obviously on the line right now. And Ray's waiver-wired column is up on Roto World, as always. Um, Ray, it's been quite a weekend of injuries. I won't complain about my fantasy teams because I'm sure everyone out there wants to hear about that. But other than that, how was your weekend? Well, it was pretty terrible because the entire time I was watching all of these injuries, yes. not to mention you know what it did to my daily fantasy lineups, I was thinking to myself, oh, I'm going to have to write about all of this <laughs> come Monday. Right. And, uh, and it, was a, it was a very sobering realization. So it, it might be a long waiver-wired column this week. Yep. And we'll try to keep this podcast short, though, or at the normal speed. So let's start with maybe the biggest injury of the weekend, or I mean, obviously the biggest injury of the weekend. That's A.J. Green, right? Uh, went down super early in this game, and it looked terrible from the start. There's been a bit more optimism since then, so Ray kind of combined that news of A.J. Green that he might return at some point in the season along with the other pass catchers on the Bengals. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the news initially was that he had torn his hamstring, which would mean that he'd be out for the rest of the season for sure and, and probably deep into the offseason. I mean, that's a nasty injury. It's hard to come back from. But now it looks like he's just dealing with the strain, which, to be fair, is a small tear, but it's certainly not the same implications as what we think of with a torn hamstring they're calling him week to week he's certainly not going to play week 12 I would doubt he's going to play week 13 we might be looking at week 14 or 15 before he comes back but even at that his upside is so high I think he's he's a guy that you're going to hold you know it's kind of hit or miss case by case do we hold these injured guys I mean he was averaging over 13 standard points a game before last week the wide receiver four even still today even after a lost week so I think that I think he's clearly someone that you keep. But the question becomes, you know, who do you who do you plug in instead of him? Obviously, eyes are going to turn to Brandon LaFell 
and Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd had the better game against Buffalo, but he had one fewer target. He's routinely played fewer snaps than LaFell, and that, that included the game against Buffalo. And he's averaging just a pedestrian 10.6 yards per catch. Mm-hmm. And he scored a touchdown, but that was his first red zone target since week four. So if I look at Boyd, I'm looking at a low upside guy that maybe you're hoping he gets peppered with targets, especially with Giovanni Bernard out for the season as well with a right. torn ACL. But I think that Brandon LaFell is the better bet for touchdowns. I think he has more yardage upside, and I think that makes him a better add. But I, I think this passing game might just collapse without A.J. Green and Giovanni Bernard. I so agree. I'm really not that excited about adding either player, and I think that Andy Dalton is in the drop zone. Now. Yeah, and there's a section of football Twitter that absolutely loved Tyler Boyd coming out of pit, right? Because his market share in terms of receptions and receiving yards and and um, uh, targets was absolutely astronomical for last season, the past few seasons. But when you really think about it, it's how he was supposed to be used in this offense was really what he does very well. And it's how he was used in his final year at Pitt as well. And that's in the slot. And obviously, I mean, AJ Green moves there every once in a while when they want to match him up or, or, or create an advantage for him. But I don't know who's going to take over those outside duties. I mean, no one can in terms of those one-on-one dominating uh, passing downs, passing plays. But I mean, obviously, Ray, and maybe you don't agree with me, but and, and I don't think he's looked 100% healthy, but Tyler Eifert's kind of the only one that I would absolutely at all be interested in this entire offense, and that includes Andy Dalton. Yeah, I agree with that. And I I think that, first of all, to the A.J. Green point, who's going to take over? Uh, I guess Cody Core, another rookie. Right. I mean, like that, he's a guy that played snaps out there outside uh, at various points this year. I mean, I, I really don't know who else is going to be. It's not definitely not James Wright. He doesn't profile that way. Maybe they try to use Boyd outside, but like you said, I think that would be a disaster. But yeah, I think that I think that Tyler Eifert is the only guy I'm interested in playing, and it's very concerning that even with AJ Green out, he kind of fell flat on his face. And if they're able to just tee up on him in the passing game, what does that do? Right. What does that do and to then, him too? And then we finally get you know a single backfield for Jeremy Hill, right? But it yeah. comes at a cost of the defense knowing exactly what this team is going to do. And then you also throw out Rex Burkhead there as a pass-catching back, who actually, like, in a vacuum, Ray, really like Rex Burkhead as a player because we've seen him sometimes be motioned out as a receiver and win in that area. But, I mean, obviously I'm not going to even go after him in deep release because that's kind of a situation in terms of this team that I want to completely avoid. Yeah, I think that he's a name to know in deeper leagues. Like, I was going to mention him in deep cuts because I think you just have to know who he is. And maybe, like you said, he's been used as a slot receiver before. So maybe maybe he's able to do those Giovanni Bernard things, but but like you said, I I think that I think this is a situation I'm trying to avoid if at all possible. Um, as if 2016 could be any more surprising, we have the year of Marquise Lee. In some ways, I guess. Uh, I mean, Marquise Lee. I think even his coaches or general manager called him what is it the White Tiger because of or the albino the, al- the albino, albino tiger. tiger. Excuse me. Uh, because he's so rare to see on the field. Obviously, he's been hurt all the time. Uh, this is a player that at USC people thought for at least prior to their final seasons was on a comparable level to Sammy Watkins. Um, but Marquise Lee's emerging in this offense as much as anyone can, I guess, emerge in the Jaguars offense um, as of late in terms of the season. But, Ray, uh, your outlook on Marquise Lee. Well, you you made, the I guess, the most important point here is that with Blake Bortles broken – Right. And and now 
seemingly injured. He looked like he hurt his shoulder. He certainly he certainly seemed like it was affecting him in the game on Sunday. It's really hard to get behind anybody in the Jaguars passing game not named Allen Robinson. But it's hard to overlook what Marquise Lee has been doing. He has at least four catches in every game but two this season. He has 50 or more yards in five of his last six. The upside had not really been there and has not really been there. But he kind of put the offense on his back with two catches in the second half against Detroit. It was a spectacular toe-tapping catch down the sideline that got them set up in the red zone. And then two plays later, he went over Darius Slay on a fade route for a touchdown. I mean, Darius Slay is, is one of the best corners in the league. It was a really impressive play. And like you said, it's not like he doesn't have the pedigree. This guy was thought of as an elite college receiver at one point in time. I believe he was a second-round pick. Is that true, or was he a first-round pick? No, he was a second-round pick, but a, a lot of that pick. because he, he missed a lot of his final season, I think because of a hernia or some other injuries. Yeah, so he was a second-round pick. So this guy has pedigree. Now he's healthy. Now he's getting targets. I mean, that's kind of what you're looking for with Alan Hearns kind of falling away and not really being not really being a big part of the offense anymore. Right. I think that Marquise Lee's a solid pickup in deeper leagues, and I think he can return even standard league value in some deeper formats. Yeah, in fact, um, he was drafted in the same draft class but ahead of Allen Robinson in that same year. And you know that, obviously, as a Penn State fan. Um, but, yeah, Marquise Lee was a 39th overall selection in the 2014 draft, and Allen Robinson was the 61st selection. Um, they were supposed to be the two. They were supposed to be like right. we're, we're, we're going to get along. the offense. And then Allen Hearns showed up, yeah. Um, let's move on to a backfield Ray that it seems like we talk about every single week, uh, and, and not necessarily in a positive way or one that we get right. And that's the Eagles backfield. (laughs) Um, man, for a while we thought it was Darren Sproles and we were always told it was going to be Ryan Matthews. And then, Hey, when, when we're on the, uh, Darren Sproles bandwagon, it becomes Ryan Matthews. And now we have Wendell Smallwood as well. Who's made some plays at times when, when given a chance, So where does Wendell Smallwood stack up this week with the Eagles? Well, I think that Smallwood, if if Thomas Rawls is owned in your league, and Thomas Rawls is still out there in, I think, roughly 30% of leagues, uh, he's, I mean, he should be owned in 100% of leagues. Go and pick him up. If he's not available, and if Tim Hightower, who's owned in about 51% of leagues, so he's out there in a lot more. If those two guys are gone, I think that Wendell Smallwood is the number one running back ad. We talked about him in deep cuts last week. And I said that even though I didn't think that that workload that he had two weeks ago against the Falcons was going to continue, if Ryan Matthews was healthy, Ryan Matthews gets hurt, and lo and behold, he got hurt against the Seahawks. Now, Coach Doug Peterson has said that he is day-to-day. He said that on Monday. But Matthews suffered a sprained knee, a sprained MCL. Mm-hmm. He was wearing a brace after the game. Considering his injury history, I think there's a reasonable chance he sits out this week. Darren Sproles also left that game. It does look like he will be active. He suffered a fractured rib, but it looks like he's going to be able to play through it. But that still leaves Wendell Smallwood with the early down work, and he has been good when given carries this season. He's been giving a lot of carries in two games. One of those Matthews was banged up, and the other one was against Atlanta when they ran a ball control offense. He was giving a ton of carries. He had pretty big fantasy games in both of those. And with them playing at home against the Packers, you would imagine – They're going to try to run a similar game plan to the one they ran against the Falcons. Control the ball, keep Aaron Rodgers off the clock. That could earn Smallwood 15-plus carries, even with Darren Sproles active and perhaps even Ryan Matthews active, and he would have the upside with much more if Ryan Matthews is out. So I think Wendell Smallwood 
at worst, is going to be a running back three this week, right. even if everybody's healthy, and he has the upside for quite a bit more. So I want to add him in, in basically every league. Right. In one of my leagues, I have uh, Matthew Stafford as my quarterback, and he's absolutely been bingeable for a few weeks. Um, and in his place, I've been wanting to uh, start Colin Kaepernick, but have had cold feet. Now, after what, three straight solid games in terms of fantasy production, um, Colin Kaepernick's still out there and like widely available. Um, I'm guessing he's your top streaming option this week. Yeah, he is. And I, and I don't know what he's going to have to do to make people <laughs> believe. I mean, he's right. out there in 82% of Yahoo leagues, and he's only been a top 10 quarterback in each of the last three weeks and a top six quarterback in the last two weeks. I mean, it's not pretty. I understand that. But he is good for at least three points with his legs in every single game. He has the upside for much more than that, as he's shown on multiple occasions. And this might be an unpopular opinion. He's looked better throwing the ball lately, right. which is which is not something that that maybe you expected. It is not a great spot for him. He has to travel across the country to Miami for an early kick. And the Dolphins have a have a certainly improving defense and probably a better than you think defense. But he's turned into a weekly reliable quarterback one, and I think he deserves the benefit of the doubt until he proves otherwise. And let's close out with some other news that has come up. Obviously, right now, everyone's hoping for some player to magically appear, Ray, who, you know, can win them their fantasy championship. It's easy, right? Uh, there's been some news lately that Adrian Peterson might return by mid-December. And I think at the earliest, Adam Schefter reported it's going to be week 15. Um, now, this is obviously a huge name that some people drafted in the first round, a little bit later in the second round. Um, what should people expect? Let's say he does come back in week 15. Is, is there an expectation that you have that you should go ahead and add him now in week 12, just getting ahead of the curve in that area? No, because, first <laughs> of all, I don't think that he's going to come back week 15. And, and I... First of all, I know that I'm going to answer so many questions right. about Adrian Peterson for this the week, next three I'm weeks. Not, I'm not going to have him as an ad this week because, first of all, I think that him coming back week 15 that seems like best possible outcome, best possible scenario, and I'm not sure that's going to happen. And second, has the offensive line will it suddenly get better whenever he gets back? Right. Is he not going to be the player that managed 50 yards on 31 carries in the first two games? before he was injured I just don't know I don't know what upside we're imagining and I know the name Adrian Peterson makes make people gets people excited I understand that but I'm not interesting interested in noting any Vikings running back that includes Jarek McKinnon yeah. who actually got 16 carries the Vikings waved Ronnie Hillman that made you know that made McKinnon were the kiss that of made death McKinnon, right <laughs> oh, oh who I gave Ronnie Hillman I gave the kiss of death no, I just saying that he. We I know we talked about him a few weeks ago. I think it's just a deep cuts, but um, you know we can't have nice things at times. Exactly. So Ronnie Hillman's wave. Jarek McKinnon's going to have the workload, but Jarek McKinnon's sixteen carries were for forty four yards, right. and he was vultured by Matt Asiata. That's that's McKinnon's ceiling. You've just seen McKinnon's ceiling. Are you really that excited about it? And so no, I'm not interested at all in Adrian Peterson. And this is different from a. A different injury situation in Sammy Watkins, who I have had as an ad for a couple weeks. It actually looks like he might be able to get back this week. Coach Rex Ryan said he might be able to play some against the Jaguars. And while I'm not interested in playing him against the Jaguars, Watkins actually has fantasy upside 
He has a great schedule down the stretch. He gets Oakland, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Miami, and the Jets over the final five weeks. That's someone to go out and target. That's right. someone with actual upside who, if they're able to come back in the line, into the lineup, can win you a league. I don't think Adrian Peterson is that player right now, especially coming back off injury and especially playing behind that offensive line. Now, especially with you know the Bills losing, I guess, their replacing or replaced wide receiver one and Robert Woods, I guess, in some ways, right? Because it doesn't seem like he's going to play on this uh, upcoming schedule either. Uh, Ray, let's close out with some deep cuts. Um, your favorite time of the week? Who do you got? It's it, it normally is my favorite time of the week. There's really not anybody <laughs> there's not anybody out there. I guess Dwayne Washington deserves a mention. Oh man. Because he had 13 it's carries. A rough week. But he had 6 yards on those 13 <laughs> carries. So I I'm not that interested. The reason he does deserve deserve some some mention is because the Riddick had a hand injury. That's what kind of led to Washington playing more snaps. What Riddick played through it. He played all the way up to the end of the game. But on a short week, they're playing on Thanksgiving Day against the Vikings. Maybe Washington gets more work. Maybe that's useful in deep leagues. I'm not terribly excited. And then the other guy is Malcolm Mitchell, who had a big game, had a big play towards the end, played a ton of snaps. Right. The problem is, is that he's probably going to lose his job when Chris Hogan gets back. But I love Malcolm Mitchell. I think that he's a super talented player. I love him in Dynasty Leagues. I, I have him in a few and maybe this performance was enough for him to start eating into Chris Hogan's workload a little bit. But I think once Chris Hogan comes back, he'll be the guy, which kind of negates any value you would have in Malcolm Mitchell, even in deep leagues. But that's that's kind of it out there in the deep cut section this week. Yeah. Um, it's not a pretty week, man. And it's just an odd one with all these Thursday games as well. I guess just three Thursday games. And speaking of Thursday can check ray and i out on this time wednesday that's typically on thursday but wednesday is the roto world fantasy football kickoff presented by kia that is the roto world fantasy football kickoff presented by kia on on nbcsports.com like i said i'm feeling a bit behind this week so it should be an interesting show so at least tune in to me saying hey i'm actually going to bring a coin this time ray and flip it live (laughs) on set and then just say hey that's what you should go with because I don't need you. I don't need you giving away my secrets right. about how I make my picks. <laughs> Got it, Ray. I will talk to you soon. And Ray's podcast with Rich and Nick, I believe, will be up on its normal time on Thursday. And my podcast with Evan and Pat will be up on its normal time on Friday as well. So until then, talk to you soon. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave.